what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Buell. And this week, we are here to talk about John Wick Chapter 2, and we are joined by... Michael Moray. And Mike, you joined us last week to talk mm-hmm. about our expectations uh, for John Wick, and it's safe to say we were all uh, pretty excited to over-the-moon excited, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to talk about whether or not it delivered on those expectations. Spoilers resounding yes i think (laughs) um but before we get into that have you guys been watching anything the last week uh for me honestly no (laughs) life's been too busy for me i forgot to bring this up last week but i saw inferno with tom hanks dan brown Brown. oh okay how'd that go it was okay that sounds like those dan brown tom hanks vehicles it it was dan brownie yep and everyone showed up and got a paycheck yep um, Sounds about right. Yeah, and there was a lot of conspiracies and stuff. <laughs> did Ron Howard direct that one too? Yeah, I think he did. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. Everyone just kind of phoned it in, but it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's about as much as I can muster about it. Yeah. Um, How was Ben Foster in it? Uh, decent, not in it very long, because okay. he goes and kills himself, and then um, he only kind of shows up in flashbacks. Mm. It's more uh, the Tom Hanks, Felicity Jones show oh okay yeah Felicity Jones is in that yep what Mm -hmm. wow yeah she was good um kind of plays a little bit of a different character than uh Rogue One so I liked that um I liked it more than I liked Da Vinci Code honestly Da Vinci Code's real boring yes this is real boring much more exciting and I mean the premise of it I think you've read it haven't you no I only read Angels and Demons and Da Vinci Code oh okay like basically Robert Langdon wakes up and he has like temporary amnesia and he has to kind of like figure out why he was in this place or whatever. So he's kind of doing like a detective mystery on his own mind, which is cool. Um, And of course it goes and leads to like them trying to stop like a giant plague from being unleashed because, you know, Robert Langdon. Yeah. And um, it was good, but it definitely is preposterous. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I actually buy into that, the Dan Brown BS, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I think for what they are, he's actually a decent writer of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he has no pretensions about what he's doing, and that goes a long way. You know, he very much is like, yeah, I'm just telling basically Indiana Jones. (laughs) Like, Indiana Jones, but he doesn't, like, use brawn. He just uses his brain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And I'm fine with that, but... Yeah, the translation from the page to the screen is really bad. Which is weird because the story is told almost like a movie script. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, very short chapters with not a lot of big words. (laughs) Um, You know, they're like good plain books, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I watched Justice League Dark. Which is... Tell me about that. Yeah, it's the animated DC feature um, about... 
John Constantine and Zatanna and Deadman uh, coming together to form the Justice League Dark. It's uh, the follow-up, kind of. It's the, their first movie since The Killing Joke, which was a pretty big disappointment for fans of that. And it's real good. Hmm. Um, the animation sucks because DC has this... D, that's basically the only thing DC has going for it right now, is those animated features. Mm -hmm. So the schedule is much tighter on them, so they have to churn them out faster, and so they don't have the time to do the animation very very well like they used to be able to with like the Wonder Woman one that has really good animation or um, Under the Red Hood, yeah. which has really good animation. They kind of have to churn them out a little bit uh, faster, although the animation in Justice League Dark is a significant improvement over the animation in The Killing Joke, which was garbage all the way around. It was mm -hmm. terrible. It was one of the worst animated things I've ever seen. Yeah, it um, looked like a Flash production. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. And... Justice League Dark, the action sequences are actually pretty well animated, but the downtime between them looks like garbage. The facial animations are really bad, so the emotion of the characters doesn't come across very much. Um, Batman is kind of the one who goes out from the Justice League and reaches out to Constantine and Zatanna and Deadman and gets them to all kind of come together as the Justice League, but he is really only there for marketing purposes. He doesn't do anything of consequence outside of... It's pretty much like normal comics. <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. a big name into lesser known names. Exactly. Suddenly it's Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they did not give a crap about animating him. Many of the scenes which Batman is in, he's just kind of staring down at the ground. Sorry about that. He was He's just kind of staring down at the ground looking like a powered-down robot because he's in costume the whole time, so they don't have to animate anything, like any yeah. hair or anything. <laughs> and he has the white eyes, so he's just kind of, like, staring and then grumbling. Like, right. it's it, The Batman stuff is terrible, mm. but everything else is really good. They nailed the characters, I felt like. All their interactions felt really genuine. Um, the voice acting on them is pretty good. Swamp Thing's awesome in it. Uh, I love... I love Swamp Thing. Uh, he just got announced for Injustice 2 today. And I think I'm buying Injustice 2. <laughs> <laughs> just to beat the crap out of people at Swamp Thing. Oh, uh, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Uh, I guess that's all I watched. Uh, man, I really feel like I watched something else, but I can't remember what it was. But that's fine, because I feel like this segment is going to take up uh, quite a bit of time, because... It was, this is the hardest top five we've ever had to do, you guys. Mm -hmm. It is, it was rough business, uh, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but in honor of John Wick being the um, action spectacular that it is, we're going to do our top five uh, favorite action sequences. And by top five favorite, I think this means uh, top five we could remember that we love pretty immediately. <laughs> Um, yeah. there are, I, Which I would say constitutes your favorite because if it you're, if it stays with you, clearly. Yeah, yeah. If know, it stays with you enough to like immediately, yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, so there are probably going to be some glaring omissions from these lists. Yeah, don't don't say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> or say everything. Or say everything. So uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike, do you want to start off? What's your number five? You have six actually. Uh, yeah. So do you want to do six and five? I, I have like back? eight right now, and like I feel really bad because I don't have a lot of martial arts stuff on there. Me neither. Um, and I really want to put John Wick on there too, but like it, uh, I just can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that club scene is really close. Yeah. But yep. These mm -hmm. are things that like stand the test of time to me. 
Mm -hmm. Like, that they mean something within the film and that they also are good, like, in larger culture and I resonate with me. So the go beyond just choreography or the technical prowess of something, um, it's just something that I thought, like, is really special to film in me. So, that being said, I have to go with number five being the, like, fight between Luke and Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. I know that's not the most, like, amazing choreography or cinematography. But it's got an emotional punch. But it's got an emotional punch. Like a major one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, the yeah. part where, like, they go and kick in, like, this weird combination of the Emperor's theme or whatever, and, like, Luke goes out and tries to strike Darth Vader is just, like, it's maybe some of, like, the best music that John Williams has ever produced. It, it's, like, emotionally impactful. Yeah. Uh, like, when Luke kind of just lets out his rage... And that, to me, is like the culmination of that whole movie right there. I would say the culmination of the whole prequel and the original trilogy. Oh, right. yeah. And that's yeah. like that moment is what it is. Yeah. You know? And I'm a big sucker for sword fights, so yeah. that also kind of like lends a spot there. And mm-hmm. I just really love that scene. Yeah. Ryan, what is your number five? My number five. This one, actually, when you gave this list to me this morning, was the first thing that came to my head. Yes. Uh Kill Bill Volume One, the crazy oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dang, yep. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. just the first thing that came to my. I love that scene. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm I feel like even if you're not a Tarantino fan, you can, you can watch that. That scene scene's alone. great. Yeah. Even like the setup to it, like her just walking in the bar and mm-hmm. like everyone kind of getting into place. I'm glad uh, you mentioned it because I wanted to kind of put that on my list, but I didn't like that movie itself enough to go and add it to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that man, that sequence is so good. Uh, my number five, I actually took a different uh, turn with my number five specifically. Um, I'm actually using, I've been doing this all year for some reason. In my top ten of the year, I gave my number ten spot to a movie that I felt like people didn't see enough. And I'm doing the same thing here. I'm going to give my number five to a sequence that I think is crazy underappreciated. And it's not the most action-packed sequence, but there's a lot of tension in it. And that is the car chase between two timelines in the film Deja Vu. Okay, I like I like mm. this choice. Have you I'm, seen that movie? I haven't seen it yet. That movie's super underrated yes, to begin with. Yes, that movie's really good, It's actually. It's a solid time travel. Like it, There's mm. a ton of suspension of disbelief you have to do, but Denzel helps that a yes. lot. Mm. And Tony Scott's a really slick filmmaker. Um, and so it's a solid movie, but there's this car chase where the premise of the movie is that they have this... The government has this secret machine that can see three days into the past, and they're using it to solve a terrorist attack that happened three days ago. And Denzel's wife was on the boat, and he he's a federal agent, um, and he helps them. He, he He's on board to help them, but he's kind of the conduit. He's, fir- he's the first person being introduced to this outside of the people who worked on the project. Okay. And... Um, because it's kind of the first test run of this uh, technology, it's not fully fleshed out. So there's only a certain range that the technology can see. Mm-hmm. And they're looking back three days and they're following a suspect. And he starts to head out of range of what they can see. So they have a mobile unit that they can put on and go further out into the range that'll send the signal back to them. So Denzel has to put on this helmet that has an eyepiece on it that can see three days into the into the past and chase this guy from three days ago in the present day 
outside of the radius of this machine. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like, yeah, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a sweet premise for it, a car chase. really good, yeah. Um, and like I said, there's not a ton of action. Like he doesn't like hit a bunch of cars on the way, but he has a bunch of near misses and like, they do a really good job, uh, cutting between him almost getting out of range and Denzel kind of catching up and be like kind of rubber banding behind him. And so there's a really good tension. Like, will he make it? Will he not make it? And I, I love that sequence. That's what that actually, if you ask me, is probably my favorite car chase I've ever seen in a movie. Wow. Um, so yeah, the deja vu car chase sequence. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Mike, number four. Number four. This is probably not a movie either of you have watched. Well, I know you haven't watched it, uh, MJ. There's like a final fight in the Cowboy Bebop movie. Oh. That mm-hmm. is legit. And yeah, it it's really good. I won't spoil it. It's just like a fist fight. And I know I'm adding an animated movie, but I think they choreographed it in real life. And that thing is animated well. It has, like, high stakes. It's just awesome. Like, they're fighting on, on, like, a fake version of the Eiffel Tower that they've built on Mars. This sounds ridiculous, but it's cool. It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, fireworks going off. It's, it's just really well done cinematography, animation, the lighting, and the colors. is just really fantastic. So nice. that's my fourth choice. That's, nice. that's, that's awesome. Brian? Uh, my number four is from the Fellowship of the Ring. They have a cave troll when they're in the mines of Moria oh, yeah. before the doors burst open. That whole yeah. kind of fight scene mm-hmm. that goes on there. I've always loved it. Even when I saw that in theaters like a bunch of times, that was always my favorite scene. That, that scene was really good. I would argue that even the last like scene in the Fellowship, the last mm-hmm. fight. Oh, with whatever, the Urukai? Yeah, yeah. It was really good, that too. Really good I didn't too. even think about that one, but it's yeah. you know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's easy to get overshadowed by the, like, the Helm's Deep and the, uh... uh what's well, the Two Towers is pretty much a whole a yeah. war movie, essentially. Yeah. yeah, what's the last one? The uh, Field of Return of the King. Yeah, yeah, but what's the last... Pelinor? Yeah. Fields of Pelinor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside of uh, Minas Tirith. Yep, it's a good thing my wife doesn't listen to the show. Uh, she'd be super <laughs> pissed. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh... That cave troll scene is really legit. I like yeah. all the Minds of Moria crap in that movie. Actually. Oh yeah, actually, good point. Well yeah, yeah, like when they show up and that like tentacle thing, like the Kraken mm-hmm. monster shows up, and yeah, it's pretty the... faithful to the book actually. Too, really, which is cool. And then yeah. obviously the the Balrog mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, I mean that's so like, well, super that's, iconic. That's a part of pop culture now. Oh yeah, yeah. shall not pass. I yeah, mean, that's most people know what that's from. Yeah. Uh, my number four, I suspect, might be on Mike's list. Okay. Uh, but it's the safe chase from Fast Five. No, but I just saw that again last night, and it's pretty darn good. <laughs> pretty darn good. Um, so that safe chase specifically, I think, represents a huge turning point, for better and for worse, in the history of the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just ridiculous enough Right. Uh, to it's it's Fast Five is where that franchise really hit its stride, and it kind of knew how to lean into the absurdity of car heists. Um, and that sequence, I think, is where it really comes into its own. I think that sequence is also where Justin Lin comes into his own as an action filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what led him. Four is actually a really well done detective story. Five is a really good heist movie with that really great car chase uh, with the safe being drugged behind one of the cars. And it's like, it's causing all kinds of collateral damage behind it. Yep. Um, I really like that sequence and it's super well executed. Yeah, definitely. And there's a good sense of geography. There's a good sense mm-hmm. of there's a good twist in there with the exchange of the safes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't even think about that. That's definitely my top ten, though. Yeah. Uh, Mike, number three. Okay. Um, okay, the last fight in Goldeneye between James Bond and Alec Trevelyan. I really Shining. love that scene. In the cradle? Yes, oh, in the cradle. Like, the music is great. It's like a lot of, there's a good uh, change of pace where you have like a little bit of a gunfight, then it kind of becomes like this like fist fight, then yeah. it becomes like James Bond hanging for his life, and he gets the upper hand. I just really love that fight, how it plays out. I like that movie a lot anyway, but um, it's such a great combination of great villain, like two equals kind of going at it, yeah. um, and I just love it. That is a cloud. I, I remember that scene. I love that movie. Yeah, I love that um, movie a lot. That's one of my like top three favorite James Bond movies. Oh yeah, definitely. That was actually the first James Bond movie I ever saw. Mm-hmm. He was my he was my James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three um, is from the first Matrix movie. <sighs> it's the culminating scene that's the, probably the most mm. famous where they enter into the building mm. and the whole fight scene where they fight outside play. the subway and no 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 well that, that's a good the one marble, oh, oh the, 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 the yeah yeah the shootout the, the shootout. yeah the yeah, yeah, yeah. scene was guns lots of yeah. guns and literally that's what the scene yeah. is uh, that's just one of my favorite scenes it's just I don't think anything has topped it for me so far the Matrix didn't even pop into my head and I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I had a feeling someone else is going to bring it up, so I didn't bring that one up, but it's pretty dark. I got you, go. Uh, mine is, my number three is also a James Bond moment, Ooh, and that is the train fight at the end of From Russia With Love. Okay. Uh, it's a very yeah. old sequence. It's yeah. the second uh, James Bond movie, but it's Sean Connery and Robert Shaw. Uh, Robert Shaw plays Quint in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the henchman, actually, of the main villain, and he attacks... Bond That's on the, the tree. Mm-hmm. He's freaking ripped. Yeah, he's gigantic in that movie. And he attacks Bond at the, uh, on the train after the resolution of the actual main plot, which is one of my favorite James Bond tropes, is like yes. when the plot gets resolved, but then the henchmen are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it also happens in Diamonds Are Forever, which that movie sucks, but the part where the henchmen come back at the end is hilariously stupid. Um, it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, From Russia With Love, I love close quarters fight sequences. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think that one is super well executed. Mm-hmm. And I think it paved the way for a lot of... Um, I think it, it crafted a lot of the grammar of close quarters fight sequences. And if you watch it today, it feels very modern. Like, a lot of the the elevator scene in Winter Soldier kind of feels like that train fight scene, but mm. even like more constricted, obviously. Crap! I just forgot Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but okay. No, um, I've seen that train fight and it's really good. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? I've seen most of it. I saw the end of it mostly, mm-hmm. but um, that was like a good. Uh, what is it like? Predecessor, precursor to like a lot of other famous fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like so that's a good choice. Yep. Uh, number two, Mike. Okay. This the next my next two choices. I think you could choose several action scenes from, um, but okay. This movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and it is the truck chase. Uh, that is just That's hands awesome. down. Yeah, like so good. one of the best uh, action scenes ever made. Harrison Ford in the in the uh, the whole trilogy does such a good job of being pissed off as he's going through whatever crap. Yeah. <laughs> just like oh, you know, just his facial expression, yeah. just like come on, I just want to kill you and get going. Like yeah, I always love that. 
Yeah. Um, it's just, just such a great chase. Uh, it has so many like escalating layers going on. I mean, I was almost thinking about having like the plane fight with against the guy. Mm -hmm. That's also really good, but that chase with the iconic music and everything like that just seals the deal for me. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, Ryan, number two. Uh, my number two. So I lied last time. So these other two actually will top the Matrix. <laughs> I realized my <laughs> sentence for yeah, the pop. Yeah. Um, but my number two, I'm cheating on these last two. Uh, my number two is John Wick number one, The Bathhouse Shootout. Oh, yes. yeah. Yep. yep. It's up there. Man. It's just my favorites. It's so good. It's It's got, it's amazing, amazingly choreographed, and to me it's got a lot of emotional punch. Like my favorite scene, uh, when the song, like the music is probably going to do more. My favorite scene is where he stabs that guy mm -hmm. up the, um, through his chin. Yeah. Uh, it sounds really creepy to say, but like <laughs> the emotion that he gives to this guy, like the sheer rage, but controlled. Oh, it gives me chills every time I watch it. That's the other movie I watched. <laughs> it was John Wick Chapter One. Yeah. It was the first John Wick. Yeah. That's the other movie I watched this last week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I forgot that, but I did. <laughs> it still rules, by the way. Still really good. Yep. Um, my number two is also a James Bond sequence. I promise the top three are not all James Bond, but my number two is Casino Royale, the parkour scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, man. Dope. Yeah, no, it's pretty great. Uh, that was the first James Bond movie I saw in theaters. I was never a super big James Bond fan because my parents weren't super into him. So growing up, I wasn't like crazy into James Bond and I just, I was out of high school and had a, a job so i had expendable income and kind of went to all the midnight movies for a couple of years there and that was one of them and so i did and i worked nights as it was so it's not like i had anywhere to be in the morning so i went to that at midnight and that first parkour chase scene happened well that fir first off that black and white sequence happens which oh, is crazy so good. good and then it goes immediately into the parkour. Like, it's a one-two punch mm -hmm. of that black and white sequence, which is super violent and brutal, and then into the parkour chase, which is super technical, and there's a lot of finesse in the movement there. Yeah. Uh, but even Bond is just, like, bursting through walls and stuff. Um, and it was... It blew my mind. Like, I was like, this is this what James Bond is always? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's still... the probably the best thing in the whole movie mm. out of a really good James Bond movie. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's it's the parkour chase from Casino Royale. Yep. Mike, number one. <sighs> okay. The chase on the highway in Terminator 2. I knew that was going to be your number one. Yep. That scene, man... If there's anybody who can top Spielberg in an action, like choreography, geography, whatever sense, is James Cameron when he was at the height of his powers. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the only thing that can beat Raiders in my mind. And that movie itself could have, I think, several choices, too, within oh, Terminator sure. 2. Um, the, the ending fight in, obviously, the, the Steel Factory is really good, too. But... I just love the transition from like when they go and have the assault on Cyberdyne to like that chase where the uh, T-1000s in the helicopter and the helicopter flies under a bridge and that's when they actually film. Yep. Um, and the way they're being hunted down by that and then there's a truck and then it transitions into Arnie like walking up onto the truck and just shooting the crap out of it. And then obviously 
you end with the most perfect one-liner in all of cinema history, probably, which is Hasta la Vista, baby. So mm-hmm. that's a really great scene. I yep. love that. Yep. Ryan, yeah, number I feel, one. I feel like I need to change my number one, but I'm going to stay committed. Uh, <laughs> still cheating, and I can't go into too much detail till we start talking about the review. Okay. But my number one uh, is from John Wick 2, Chapter 2, and it's the, the sequence... When all the baddies are after him. Oh, the at the museum? No, not the, not the museum, but when that, that sequence of the oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and the contract is out mm-hmm. on him. Oh, That's pretty good. I love that sequence. It's pretty great. Uh, yeah. I have, I have more thoughts about that yeah. later on. Man, it's so good, though. It's so good. Uh, my number one has already been referenced. It is the plane fight from... Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's for sure the plane fight for Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. Yes. That scene is perfect Hitchcock film theory in an action sequence. Uh, Hitchcock had this idea of, okay, so you tell the audience there's a bomb under the table. What's more tense, uh, saying there's a bomb or showing the bomb? And <clears throat> so Hitchcock, you know, the idea is that the people are trying to find the bomb. You as the audience member knows where the bomb is. That's already good dramatic irony. But, you know, watching them find it and then cutting to the bomb and showing the timer getting lower and lower, it raises the stakes. It's kind of a cheap way to do it, but it's really effective. That plane scene is the perfect execution of that as an action sequence. Um, The way it escalates from, you know... uh, uh, him having to fight the giant guy and then the guy starts shooting at them and then the plane starts turning and then Marion gets captured in the, you know, she gets stuck in the cockpit and then the gas leak starts happening and then the gas catches on fire. Like it just Mm -hmm. keeps building and building and building and building. And like the guy is a complete physical mismatch for Harrison Ford. Like he's gonna own this guy. And, you know, Indy's brains and brawn kind of take over and he outsmarts him to get chopped up by the, uh, by the pro- propeller of the plane, but like Marion's still stuck, and the you know the 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 gas is going to catch on fire yeah. soon, and they escape at the last minute. It's so well done. It's yeah. perfectly executed action cinema, and I, it just every time I think of that movie, I think of that. Uh, also, the chase through the streets of Cairo at the beginning is really good. Uh, that movie's Me just oh, man. That movie's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's so good. But yeah, also the Terminator scene is great. Uh, freaking pick them from any of the john wick movies yeah <laughs> i think i think those are going to be just as iconic uh yeah. in 20 years i i can't see these movies those movies not standing the test of time mm-hmm. um it was a bayless <laughs> michael bayless michael bayless top <laughs> top uh, top 15 from all of us uh, uh mike what were your honorable mentions okay i had several one of them was uh Legend of the Drunken Master 2. There's like a fight between Jackie Chan and one of the bad guys at the end of that movie. That is really good. It's probably Jackie Chan's best fight in anything, uh, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. That whole scene is great. It has really good... um, There's like a back and forth between them, and uh, there's so much cleverness to Jackie Chan's movement, the way he would choreograph things. I can't go without mentioning that one. Um... I honestly, I have to go and say like the the Fast and the Furious. I really love like the the truck heist at the end of the movie. There, really good. It's really good. Um, there's there's lots of escalating layers going on where different people are in danger throughout. Um, and it kind of harkens back to me in a way the the Raiders chase 
in some ways in terms of how they they structured it and i really love that scene a lot um then there's stuff like you know a couple things like it man i guess and mm-hmm. it has really good stuff um so there's a lot of martial arts things i didn't mention but those are probably the honorable mentions that i could come up with the top of my head right now yeah ryan did you have any honorable mentions uh yeah i got one uh pretty much uh, the whole movie of hero oh yeah Gently. yeah yeah like every single fight I love that movie. in that mm-hmm. movie is amazing yeah um, mine are actually thematically kind of connected and that one directly influenced the other. Uh, the first one is the shootout from Heat yep. during the bank robbery. Uh, amazing, amazing sound design in that. Uh, and then the truck chase in The Dark Knight. Yep. Uh, the most competent action sequence Christopher Nolan has ever directed. Correct. <laughs> um, he's not like the best action filmmaker, but man, that scene works. Yeah. Like, over time. Yeah. <laughs> that scene's so great. Um, and then also, uh, pick, pick it from the adventures of Robin Hood from the thirties. I don't, I doubt you guys have seen this movie, but have you seen it? The Mm. Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie? I've seen the sword fight, I think, Mm -hmm. at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. It is really good. Um, there are several like really cool action scenes in that movie. That's a, that movie's great. Like that's just a great Robin Hood movie. It's probably, it's the best Robin Hood movie. If you guys have, (laughs) like Robin Hood and haven't seen the adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, check it out. It's real good. Um, that was just like my classic movie nerd. Like had to, had to talk about that somewhere, but, uh, yeah, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back to talk about how much we loved John Wick too. talk about john wick chapter two uh it's the sequel to john wick and it takes place three to five days after the first one i've heard both of those timelines mentioned um and he uh the the base level plot is that when he left the society of assassins or whatever it's called um he swore a blood oath that he would never enter back into that world and the person he swore that blood oath to, since he did enter into it in the first one, is coming to collect on his blood oath. And what he wants uh, out of John Wick is for him to go and kill his sister, because his sister is a high-ranking member in this hierarchy of assassins. She is one of the 12 people on essentially the governing board of assassins, uh, which it's... A, trust me, I know how goofy it all sounds. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Um, It's called The High Table. And uh, trust me, I know. uh, So she she has a seat at The High Table. He wants John Wick to kill her so that uh, he can assume her position at The High Table and be a very powerful member in this hierarchy of assassins. And that's basically the plot of the movie. Um, And then Ish goes sideways from there, basically. Um, So... I never thought they were the, the assassins. I just thought they were like crime lords, like uppity ups. Because I, I assume like John Wick is one of a few assassins that works for these guys. Could be. They haven't really explored they haven't really, that. They haven't really talked to No, them. yeah. I mean, I think both those interpretations are valid based on mm. the way they've presented it mm-hmm. so far. Mm. I have a feeling we're going to get a better sense of that in John Wick Chapter one. 3. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's basically it. So what did you guys think about John Wick Chapter 2? Who wants to gush first, I suppose? Go ahead. 
<laughs> I loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so far, favorite movie of the year. Favorite movie of the year has a potential to to claim my coveted favorite movie of all time. Whoa! Whoa! It's 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 early in the year. I'm I'm holding out reservations for the rest of the year, but I loved it that much. Like I haven't loved a movie this much in almost forever. Wow! Like I've loved I've I've liked a lot of movies we've seen, <laughs> but this one I visibly I was just like. I was just satisfied. You know what I mean? Like, at the end, I was just like, yeah, I'm good for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, it just, it had everything. The action was amazing. I love the plot hook to bring it back in. I know some people say, well, it's cheesy, like, maybe. But to me, the core of him coming back into this world again had to do with his wife. Yeah. Because the guy blew up his house. He blew up the memory of her, any photographs of her he had. So, pff, all right, I'm back in. I'm pissed. You took that from me. And then another scene that I thought was subtle but really cool was when that fight scene between him and that the bodyguard of the chick that he killed. Oh, Common, yeah. Yeah, and then he gets back to the hotel, picks out his phone to look at the video, mm-hmm. and it's broken. And then on the, the amazing fight sequence, so I'll let you guys gush about that, but mm-hmm. with him and the guy at the end where he stabs him in the aorta, I believe. Yeah. Like, the intensity he threw, like, there was real rage behind that not just you're trying to kill me i need to take you out first it was like no i'm getting revenge because now i have nothing left of my wife because of you um i love how it ended mm-hmm. yeah it makes me super excited for me uh for the for chapter three and i loved the really dark turn it took when he went to assassinate her yeah she, she yeah i was like oh because in the beginning it's like this is pretty fun you know it's an action movie yeah, i buy into it uh-huh. but then you come to that scene you're like oh this serious they're, business. They're taking this serious. This is like dark. And I even love like the little moment where he held her hand. And you think, okay, he's going to walk away. And then he freaking just shoots her in the head because he's John Wick. And he completes what he sets out to do. Right. Ah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, man, Ryan, you just did my job for me. I was, <laughs> here's the thing. I was, I, I am more active online, I think, than you guys are. Uh, specifically on Twitter. And I saw people with this stupid criticism that the movie isn't as emotional, um, or the reason for him coming back isn't as rooted in emotion as Wrong. the first one. Disagree. Wrong. I, that's such invalid criticism of this movie that I don't even know where to begin. And Wrong. Ryan hit the nail. Like you, Ryan just said basically everything I was going to say in regards to that. Um, every single decision Wick makes in this movie is motivated still by the loss of his wife and by the loss of his life essentially the loss of his life outside of the uh the society of assassins which is exactly like the perfect thematic lead into the third movie where he's just gonna go blow it all up like that is the sense you get at the end of this movie and um you know it's it's crazy because even the even the beginning of the movie when he goes and gets his car back like he doesn't want the car back. Yeah. He's, the we see, in there. we see immediately that he gives two craps about the car. Yeah. And you, so you're kind of like, why is he, he was all hung up on this car. He's smashing it to pieces. Mm-hmm. And then he rolls this clunking car into his garage and he gets this birthday card. Yeah. And it's the last birthday card that his wife ever gave him. Like mm-hmm. they just, they went that extra mile to like give it an emotional reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. The phone thing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, it's on now, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, when he, his house gets blown up, 
we don't focus on the aftermath of the house. We see the pictures of him and his life mm-hmm. with his wife melting, literally melting away into ash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't leave this behind him. Um, you know, and to the point even when he, at the end, uh, and we'll get into this more later, but like at the end when he commits the act, he shouldn't in the Continental. Oh, and... They even have the respect to let him go all the way back to his house and collect that last artifact. Yeah, or the um, bracelet, right? The, yeah. And, like, come on, man! I know. <laughs> I, d- I don't understand that argument one bit. You know why? Because people want a dialogue there instead of actual... Instead visuals. of wanting to pay attention? And, yeah, instead of visual storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- that's uh, one of the other things that I really liked. I loved how quiet this movie yes. was yeah. you want to shut up yeah yes exactly yeah. that's like an undervalued aspect of film show don't tell mm-hmm. it's a visual medium yep if mm-hmm. i want to hear people talk i'll listen to an audiobook like, Video. yeah if i may the other thing i liked about it was keanu well kind of keanu reeves performance was amazing mm-hmm. and i really loved how he conveyed he didn't want to do this and he didn't want to get back in this world he just wanted to be left alone mm-hmm. he didn't want to and my favorite, one of my favorite scenes conveying that is where he goes to the the Jewish his his safe house mm, his mm-hmm. standby thing, and they they brought him his box and he's getting these things out and he's just at the breaking point and he just has another one of those great yeah I was like oh it just gave it that punch like yep. yes okay I'm I'm I was already on board but now I'm like on board with like ten tickets yeah. Oh my gosh. This movie's amazing, you guys. <laughs> Mike, what what did you think about John Wick Chapter 2? I think I'm going to sound like a Debbie Downer. But I loved it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not favorite of all time, though. But it was pretty dang good. It was pretty dang good. I like how this movie added so much context to the first movie. Like mm-hmm. It made the first movie better. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it also did a really good, subtle job of kind of being this... Empire Strikes Back kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's totally chapter. the reason it's darker so satisfying chapter. is because it's Empire Strikes Back and The, the Dark Knight, <laughs> which are not bad influences. But, no, not at all. But like, it didn't feel like deliberately so like that. It's mm-hmm. just like it added a deepening to that world and the themes of the first one, and kind of demonstrating how every action he's made keeps on not not necessarily makes things worse but has repercussions Mm -hmm. and he has to deal with them Mm -hmm. and the whole world is kind of falling apart that just from one simple act in the first movie of killing his dog and stealing his car you know like this whole world is about to go and fall apart because of that which I thought was really interesting uh, a really interesting route to go and take with this film so um, it's a really good second movie. It's you know it's up there with like great sequels in oh, terms of yeah. improving upon the first one, um, and and making it better and fleshing out the world and its characters and still maintaining the heart. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that like it, it has that empathy, that emotional core still. It's actually deepened in this movie. So mm-hmm. I don't understand that criticism that it wasn't there. You know. Yeah. I agree. And uh, we've all three gone around to do our initial gushing about this movie, and we haven't touched even that much on the action sequences of the movie, Uh, which should say something. Yeah. Uh, But since I brought it up, (laughs) oh my god, the action's so good in this movie, you guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I keep using this phrase. It was way more punchy. Like the sounds of the bullets, like I it was so loud in our theater it was oh man it sounded amazing the sound design in this movie is real good (laughs) yeah it is 
one. Especially when he uses the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Like that was a real standout moment. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. would be terrified of Keanu Reeves. That guy knows how to handle some weaponry. Oh, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he could legit wreck you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, speaking of the sound design, the music is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like like his theme song throughout the movie. That, um, like, samurai spaghetti western kinda, thing? Yeah. yeah. And... I really like how in the end of the film, when they're in the Hall of Mirrors, I mean, I guess we could probably talk about this later, but there's like this really calm, soothing music, which to me, it kind of harkens back to the club scene, the bathhouse scene, and the yeah. first one, where they use uh, the juxtaposition of the smooth, like the smooth, kind of calming music to with the intensity of the moment. Exactly. And I really love that. I love seeing that in the movie. I mean, also the the crazy, like, Bjork performance that's happening yeah. at that party. Mm-hmm. The, the music in that is super crazy. Yep. And then when he, like, runs out on stage and just yeah. starts shooting people. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to catch the guy in the head. The yeah. The whole crowd cheers. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Uh... Yeah, the action in this movie, I think from the beginning, is just, it's all a step up from the original, which like yep. is crazy, because the original has two very good sequences. Like, yep. um, but this one, like the, the, the initial car chase, oh, it's, like, yeah. not, it's like not a chase. Everyone kept talking about how good the car chase was, but like, it's like car combat almost (laughs) it's uh, like twisted metal yeah yeah um and then even when he gets like when the car gets hit and he falls out and he just starts like it's just wave of dudes coming after him and he's just and they intercut it with peter stormare overacting to no end oh it's so Uh, good yeah so much (laughs) scenery being chewed and it's great like that's such a good setup to that movie though because you almost don't even need to watch the first one Mm -hmm. because of that like, that's another reason why I feel like it's um, almost like The Dark Knight to me. Mm-hmm. Where The Dark Knight is actually very standalone. It, like, says everything you need to know about Batman within that movie. And I feel like this movie uh, starts off in a way that's like, you don't even need to watch the first one. Here's, like, a, just a deepened, fully fleshed out character right from the go. And you already have all of his backstory given mm-hmm. through Peter Stormare. And it's also backed up by not just telling, but showing. You see John Wick go and kick some butt in the first five minutes, and yeah. it's great. And I loved the way that it was just, like, shots of his, like, different parts of his body or him moving through shadows. Yes. Until it got to, like, he calls him Baba Yaga, and he yeah. walks into frame. Oh, man. Ah, so, yeah. good. so good. It's so well executed. Uh, and then there's a long break between action scenes there is um you know his house gets blown up and then we don't get another action scene until almost 40 minutes later uh which is the the chase after um he kills the sister quote unquote she kills herself um and then he puts the bullet in her head uh both because john wick finishes what he starts but also i think it was kind of a cya moment where he like he was like well i gotta make it look like i killed her right. <laughs> like i gotta i gotta put my calling card on this basically um and then there's the chase through the catacombs which is i go ahead i like it okay yeah i actually wasn't bothered by it as much as i thought i was going to be okay the geography is a little confusing i but the the lighting and the mood and the cinematography of it really pulls it together he's got these cool blue lights mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff and i could still follow what was going on so i really like that scene yeah it's okay to me it's probably the least good action sequence of the movie that's not a knock but i had a problem with it in that um 
I liked the setup to it. I liked watching him like hide the guns everywhere. Yeah, it kind of yeah. it kind of seemed like someone going in like it kind of seemed like the loading screen of a video game. You just picture someone going in yeah. like hiding the weapons on the map. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> it's like Hitman basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh watching him like kill all the dudes in the and this may have been a problem in my theater. It was really dark. And so I had a hard time seeing people uh-huh. come out. Um, it was cool seeing like just flashlights come out and then just go crazy because they got shot. But mm-hmm. I couldn't really see the bodies getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a hard time like visualizing where he was in the like in the catacombs and then where he was shooting. And then several times in that scene, it felt like the guys were waiting just off screen uh-huh. for him to reload. Yeah. And then he would reload and then they would come out as soon as he was ready to shoot them again. Um, See, I was looking for that. And I didn't notice that too much. Really? Yeah. I think part of it has to do with just the fact that I think the, it depends on how your theater's being lit and projected and stuff like that. Cause I didn't notice any of that and I could follow exactly what was going on where Wick was for pretty much the entire thing. So I, I could see was, Wick, but yeah. I couldn't see the guys uh-huh. he was shooting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had that problem, Ryan. No, I, I followed it, really. Okay, it may have been a problem with the screen, like, which is weird, because the to, screen was To really me, bad. like, this was the most steady cam action movie I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, it's just, you're you're shaking back and forth, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm assuming mm-hmm. something's happening. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was able to be like, okay, point A to B, so, to me, I just... Yeah, and oh, then we have Ryan's favorite action sequence <sighs> of all time, which is... Uh, a freaking samurai tried to kill him. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have that one just yet. We had don't doesn't he have that fight with Cassian Common? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. the fight with Cassian. That's my favorite fight scene in the whole movie. Really? Yo, yeah, definitely. Like they had that chase throughout uh, Rome, and mm-hmm. it's great. And then it, they're both pretty evenly matched people, which I think is awesome. Um, to go and see someone like of Wick's caliber. Mm-hmm. There's this part where they're like chasing each other, kind of like they're ducking in between cars. That or was whatever. so cool. That was so great. They're like running and then like ducking. It was great. And then they go and fall down the stairs for like a, a <laughs> it was like hot rod, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Like the movie had like a sense of humor mm-hmm. about that almost. Like it wasn't unintentionally funny. It was completely intentional. And then it ends on a really great note because they go and crash right into the the continental mm-hmm. and they have to stop fighting which goes and sets up later mm-hmm. the kind of importance of what John Wick does nice. at the end of the movie in terms of fighting on the, the grounds there so really good way to end it and then they're kind of like enemies but they have to kind of make peace with it mm-hmm. which is great so yeah that was a really great scene too. that scene of them yeah. having the drink together is great yep bourbon gin yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good man uh, then we have that so he gets a he gets a contract put out on him for seven million dollars right by the brother mm-hmm. well by the guy who hired him initially to go yeah. and do this because he wanted to go and avenge the death of his sister even though he's the one who yeah, initiated no. he it he was which, also trying to cover his ass yeah mm-hmm. and that scene's hilarious and yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be <laughs> but I love it um, so we see like all the assassins get their texts that like hey there's a seven million dollar contract on John Wick. And we see, like, intercut several, like, encounters he has with these assassins, mm-hmm. um, including, like, a sumo wrestler samurai-looking dude, uh, this lady playing a violin that's hiding a gun in it, which was sweet. Yeah. Um, and then we see why no one wants him near any pencils. Yes. Um, which is one of the goriest things <sighs> I've ever seen in an action. I've seen in an action movie in a long time. It was so good. It was so... He jabbed that pencil straight into that dude's ear. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
I just like that it played on the legend of him. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, people are like, he killed a guy with... Was, what you guys are talking about, showing and not just telling. Bingo. People told this tale mm -hmm. in, in the first movie and in this mm -hmm. one about how he killed five guys with a pencil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you actually see it. Like, I nerded out so hard. Yeah, when exactly. Happened. When you saw the pencil just sitting there... I was like, oh, I was going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, like, ribbed my brother and I'm like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> And then he gets into this, uh, like, super secret times fight with Cassian. Oh, that, was dope. I, that is, like, the greatest passive-aggressive fight <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. I was crying. I was laughing so hard at them <laughs> walking through the subway station. <laughs> trying, trying to, to silence, them. like, silence pistol each other. Yeah. Yep. Because the way the way the sound is designed in that scene just feels like tiny little like F you, F you, no F you. Like the, the the patter of it just seems like that. Yeah. Um and then they get the, the emotional weight of the fight on the subway, which is awesome. Yeah. Like it's just intense. seeing them stare each other down and get closer and closer as the subway gets from stop to stop. Mm -hmm. So good, man. Yep. Oh my gosh. And then he he stabs him and leaves him alive, and he tells him, like, that knife's in your aorta, considered a per professional courtesy, which is, like, a reversal of what he says when they get the drink and he buys it. Yeah. Man. So, uh, that's so, my so question well is, done. does the guy live or is he dead? I think, no, I think, I think oh, it's no. an implication that he lives. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I think John Wick Chapter 3 is going to have him and Cassian. Yeah, team up. I, I, I either team up, up. Either team up or go after him. Because Cassian him. owes him now. Yeah. And they juxtapose that whole scene with him, how he goes and kills uh, the the girl assassin at the end of the movie. He does the same thing. He goes and stabs her right there, but he pulls it out and yeah. kills her. Uh, yeah. So, what did you guys think of her? I liked her. I liked her, too. I heard some people like weren't too happy with her, but I liked her. I didn't mind her. I just kind of thought... If she was if she was not in the movie, I would have been fine. I feel like Common like, was a better final boss than yeah. her, but... Yeah. But I liked... She just seemed to be like something weird for the sake of something weird you know like the part where she first meets him and she just gropes him mm. it wasn't really it didn't to me it didn't say a lot about her character it just said oh we're just gonna she's just gonna do that you know mm -hmm. like i like that she was deaf yeah. i like that for some reason i like that too <laughs> yeah i can't really tell you why like it doesn't matter either way but there was something about that that made it a little more menacing well, and also it just meant that like people weren't talking again. I don't. I like that they didn't know. Like very few people were talking. <laughs> like, like, like there was almost like no words wasted, which is great. Mm -hmm. That's why I really like it. Yeah, um, and yeah, and so is it then? So then he comes back to America, right, and meets the Bowery King, <laughs> which is Lawrence Fishburne's character. All I gotta say is murder hobos. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the secret society of murder hobos. <laughs> but <laughs> here's the thing: some of you might know that Mike and his brother make movies, yep. like full length feature movies. I've had the pleasure of being a supporting character in those movies in the last two that they've done and that character is my character <laughs> from those movies yeah. uh, did you see the most recent one that we made i haven't seen them legit there's a scene where i pull back my collar and reveal a scar to one of the protagonists <laughs> that the main character left me with 
and how that has completely altered my ideology from when it happened to now. Like, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I was, we were at a packed theater, and I said at full volume to my wife, oh my gosh, it's Sergio Takuya, (laughs) which made no sense to anyone except us. Um... Yeah, so that, like, that really threw me up for a loop. I was like, uh, I think they stole our movie, you guys. (laughs) Um, And so we see the the murder hobos, which is just, like, another layer of lore. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel like too much ever. No, no, it definitely doesn't. Because it makes sense that there would be people who are, like, cleaners, you know? Mm. And, And these guys are also part of the whole mafia gang war system that's going on. And... It's not any more ridiculous than anything else that's come before, so yeah, I didn't bother me one right. bit. Yeah. And I liked uh, Lawrence Fishburne kind of hamming it up. Oh, I liked him too. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. He had a lot, he had a lot of care. Get this man a gun. gun. Yeah. Um, he's just like fun. Yeah. yeah. That's like what the movie kind of needed at that point, I feel yeah. like, too. What does he say? You were downright up. What is, he, say, he says, like, he, he has this really cool turn of phrase where he uses, like, Two adjectives to describe John Wick, but one of them starts with down and one of them starts with up. I, it, it's not this, because this is the exact opposite of what John Wick is, but he, he says, like, you were downright upbeat or something yeah. like that. Like, he's got this, like, really cool, like, mm-hmm. musical phrase that he tells him. Yeah. And I thought that was great. And so he helps him get uh, to the museum that is kind of the HQ for the brother right. that wanted his sister dead. And that's kind of like the biggest action sequence in the whole movie. Uh, he gives him a gun that has seven bullets. Yeah. And I loved my favorite thing from that scene was him just consistently getting furious at guns running out of bullets. <laughs> um, and so he, like, Wick goes there and everyone's an assassin. And so he just, like, has this crazy showdown with them. Uh, it goes throughout the entirety of the museum, basically. There, that's my favorite action sequence of the whole movie it's it's pretty great man just always having to just pick up everyone's gun yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then just like the physical stuff keanu can do man Mm -hmm. in his 50s like that it's amazing and they he's doing a lot of moves in one camera movement you know there are a lot of not super long layers not like a tracking shot but there are a lot of longer longer takes in the movie where most action dudes would do maybe two to three moves and he's doing somewhere in the teens yeah. of like grab the gun from this guy disarm him punch him knock him on the ground drag him by the yeah. arm shoot these two guys sh- turn around shoot this guy shoot this guy's foot then shoot his head through the wall like <laughs> and you're like whoa that's a lot to memorize dude mm-hmm. like choreography is hard yeah. and uh it's yeah that sequence is amazing and then there's the mirror the yeah. hall of mirrors which is that to me felt like an homage to Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yep. the end of that yep. particular movie. So, which is probably a movie that we should have had on our top five fight. I've never seen whatever, it, but I saw it a long time. Yeah, ago. I know. I, I feel like someone out there is like raging at this, but yes, that was a great homage to that. Yeah, I really liked when he was fighting the Ruby Rose character, and yeah. they it was like shooting the ground, and you could see their reflection like fighting. Yes, um, yes. I thought that was sweet. That was really great. I mean, everything they did with just the mirrors is cool. I love mm-hmm. mirror stuff in general, but. The way that they uh, use, I think, modern technology to kind of remove the camera from shots mm-hmm. that would normally probably show the yeah. camera um, in the mirror's reflection was really good. Like, they chose some really unconventional shots because of that, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And 
so that happens and it's it's like amazing i that that was where i was officially like sold 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 like (laughs) on that movie and then he tracks the brother to the continental and just shoots him right in the face like no final boss fight nothing no words one of my favorites and I loved it. Yeah. Yep. I loved it so much because it was completely in character for both of those guys. Like, yep. John Wick is in full degaff mode. Like, I don't care about anything anymore. Mm. And this dude is clearly not going to go toe-to-toe with John Wick. Yep. He has no intention of doing so. He's a freaking coward. And this guy is hiding behind the rules. Uh-huh. You know? Mm-hmm. And the only way to stop him, then, is to break him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which, which essentially was signing his death warrant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, I, I'll i let other people write the uh, the hot takes on, you know, about how the movie is about breaking the bonds of organized religion. But, <laughs> um, uh, but there's a lot like, in my review, I even said the movie is kind of like, what if James Bond took place within the hierarchy of the Catholic Church? Uh, it just kind of felt like there were so many, like, there was a lot of ritual stuff that yes. had to happen, you know. the <laughs> Him gearing up in Italy yeah. was real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he had to, like, go to all these different guys to get his suit. And, like, he went to the sommelier, which is, you know, the wine connoisseur. But And they were talking about guns like they were wine. And I was like, the hell? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, love I thought it was great. I liked that. But I was like, what? <laughs> Um, but all that like very all the bureaucracy of that you know it it, i liked that and for sure that's kind of how if james bond were real it would be like he would have to go through so much bureaucracy because he's in the government agency Mm -hmm. but for the sake of arguing the two uh versus each other james bond's universe is much more efficient because he's you know it's not caught up in this traditionalist um idea like it's just like here's your gadgets go mm-hmm. um you know here's all the stuff you will need and then you go and this one he had to like go and partake in each of the traditions of this society in rome uh-huh. uh, also it was never not hilarious to watch him use his suit jacket as a shield yep <laughs> it yep. was every time i was like that looks a little dumb but i kind of <laughs> love it though too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but otherwise like i'm glad they went the extra mile even though you do have to really be like okay <laughs> okay yeah i have to buy into this i'm glad they went the extra mile to be like there's like stuff in your suit that makes it bulletproof because there's no way he survives the movie otherwise exactly and so i think it at least let it put a layer of like when he's up against even more impossible odds you're like okay he's got the suit though yeah exactly well i don't think in the last fight does he even have that suit yeah he he does oh he does yeah he he does that a couple times okay he does yeah all right yeah well Okay, it also makes some sense because even as good as he is, he's going to go and get hit. Like, you know... Yeah. Like, it makes, like, the bad guys more than just stormtroopers. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, like, these sequences, he looks exhausted by the end of them. He gets beat up pretty bad in this one. Yeah. And just, like, he's out of breath and limping in between action sequences. Like, he's, you know, he is superhuman, but he also can bleed. Right. And that's super important, I think. Yeah, it goes a long way toward humanizing him. Yeah. Um, so John Wick 2 ends on this like open-ended lead-in to John Wick 3 
where he breaks the rules of the Continental. Uh, we see in the first one what the consequences of that are when um, Gina Carano's character attacks him in the Continental in America. She gets executed at like pretty much at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then we see in Rome when him and Common bust in... Uh, you know, Franco Nero, who is perfect casting opposite, like, to be the counterpart of Ian McShane. Yes. I thought that was great. Yeah, really good. Um, Franco Nero comes out and is like, guys, do I have to remind you of the rules? And they're like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we know, like, what the stakes are for him to go into the Continental and shoot this guy. Like, it's very clear what that means. And even Ian McShane, who, like, is on Wick's side has to go and be like, look, like, the rules are rules. Like, I have to honor this tradition. Like, we're, this is bigger than both of us. Mm -hmm. And he calls in for Wick to be excommunicado, which is shoot on sight, (laughs) Um, basically. And that's when we learn that we're dealing with, like, Harry Potter levels of assassins in the world. Um, Because he's running through Central Park and all everyone's phones are going off and... It's one hour until the contract starts, which I so hope Chapter 3 starts one hour after John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, it's going to. It yeah, it to. has to. Yeah. You can't you can't put that time limit on it and not have that happen. I think the whole premise of these movies is like there's no time in between them. It's mm-hmm. just everything, basically this whole system is going to get destroyed within a span of a week. Yeah. Which is great. I like yeah. that idea. <laughs> yeah. And like the possibility for Chapter 3 is inevitable and i love that yeah um you know there's only one way it can go down and that's with wick taking down this whole system with him Mm -hmm. uh i don't think he survives it but (laughs) but i think i think all of it burns down like if i'm going down you're going down with me and i think we're gonna see him go after all 12 members of the high table yep uh and i'm crazy excited yeah Yeah, honestly probably one of the best sequel setups of anything ever yeah while still delivering a satisfying movie within itself mm-hmm. like i don't feel like i was cheated out of this an ending in this movie i feel like everything in this movie set up besides the remaining people or whatever but like everything the in terms of the arc of the character and what they set up to do with the initial plot of the brother and the sister and all that was resolved in this movie mm-hmm. in a satisfying way i don't feel like i'm just waiting for a part two coming mm-hmm. next year or two years from now yeah and that's the thing is like the sequel has to happen i feel like oh yeah absolutely um but it also is completely different like we're not going to be tying up any loose ends from this movie no no <laughs> that's the thing yeah it's great um everything about what john wick did in this movie uh, makes sense has concluded properly and now there's repercussions obviously but that's a new chain of events yeah and, I, you know, it's funny because I was reading an interview with, um, oh, what's his name, Chad Chaleski, is that yeah. his name? Something like that. The director of the movie. And he said that he wants to, after the saga of John Wick is completed, he wants to do a James Bond movie. And I honestly was kind of like, I don't want you to do that. Like, I, I was I like, just, yeah, I was like, just keep making <laughs> making John Wick movies. Like, make him American James Bond. Like, we'll replace the actor, that's fine. Like, I'm down, like... <laughs> Do a prequel, John Wick, colon, The Impossible Task. Like, let me find out how he got out in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, don't uh, I don't know if I wanted that for him. You know what, what I mean? What like, do you I, mean? I don't know if I want him to go and be in too many more movies. Like, I can see at most two more movies. Obviously, ending this 
the Continental, and then the Impossible Task prequel mission. Mm -hmm. I just don't think there's anything else to say with that character. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would just suck out whatever we left was interesting about him. Mm -hmm. So that's my take on it anyway. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I just kind of want these movies until the end of time, though. Like, no, I mean, they're sweet, so don't get me wrong. There's like a part of me that really wants it, but there's another part of me that's like, for this to have any sort of meaning ultimately mm-hmm. it needs to end with like a nice bow on yeah. it but yeah but i think i think if chad chadaleski does go into james bond like mm. this seems like the perfect resume oh yeah <laughs> um, definitely so i want to ask a question what do we think about the world building in this one we cool with the continental more do we like it even more now in this yeah. movie yeah i liked it i like i think it did what you guys, I think you were talking about last time yes they gave you they gave you a little bit more insight in the world yep but they left enough mystery to be like, yes. I see, but what? Like, I really love, like, even, there's a small scene, but where they introduce the concept of the coins. Yes. And that one old guy, he's the one that mints them and makes <laughs> them, and then they go into circulation. What I, yeah, say? I saw a tweet last night. I screenshotted it and sent it to Mike, and it said, uh, <laughs> John Wick, I want to dispose of a body. And then the person being like, okay, that'll be one big gold coin. And then John Wick being like, okay. I also want a beer. And that guy being like, okay, that will also be one big gold coin. <laughs> yeah, the, the economy doesn't make quite too much sense. <laughs> yeah. but, but anyway, continue. <laughs> but no, no, just I, I just like the more of the snapshots that give you kind of how things work and, uh, you know, the murder hobos and... And uh, uh, the, the Council of Twelve, and and the switchboard of death. Yeah, yeah. All those what? <laughs> and, and all that that, that might be pushing it a little bit too much. I was like, not sure if cool or weird. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I feel like this made me a lot cooler with the whole lore stuff in the mm-hmm. first one. Um, I like how they fleshed out the world with it. It is ridiculous. But the movie knows it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it leans into it well. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of fun with it, I think. And yeah. that's what separates it from being, like, something I can't take. And then even the movie's ultimate theme is that all these rules are stupid. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's what, like, the rejection of the rules means at the end. Is that it's just a way for these powerful people to go and hide behind and protect themselves. So... If that's the theme of it, then you're, like, a little bit cooler with thinking that it's dumb anyway. Yeah. Um... I like the serious tone that the first one and the second one has with him. This man who just wants out, but he's pretty much just condemned himself. Yeah. Like, and I like even the small interchanges between other people. Mm-hmm. I think I think it happened in the, in the second one. I know it happened in the first one where people are like, can you really change? Can you, yeah, can like you really out the damnation out? kind yeah. of is the theme and of it. I think the perfect thing was the conversation he had with the lady who ended up killing herself. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do, do you, you fear, fear damnation? damnation? And they mm-hmm. said yes, which is such a huge insight, insight so to this good. guy because he doesn't want to be a part of this world. I mean, his wife was his glimpse into salvation. If he was glimpse of like, I don't want to, I don't want to kill people for a living anymore. This mm-hmm. is dark. This is ripping my soul apart. But and I like the vicious cycle of revenge in a show, especially think perfectly with the guy that tried to. Uh, black guy tried to kill Cassian. Him. Oh, Cassian. Cassian. I, yeah, I keep forgetting his name. Cassian. And that kind of perpetual cycle of revenge. Like, you kill my ward. Yeah. Now I'm going to kill you an eye for an eye. Yeah. And just like this, you know, so. I like that. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, I was never not cool with the lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the weird bits of lore in the first one were great. Like, I thought it. I thought it, it's what elevated it yep. a lot. Um, I think the movie, the movie does what great sequels do 
do John Wick Chapter 2 does what great sequels do, which is it goes wider and deeper. Yeah. It's not just like, here's a bunch of new stuff. Yeah. It's here's a bunch of new stuff built on the shoulders of the previous stuff we've shown you. Yeah. And also, here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important to world building. I also think that, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it for being yeah. as dumb as it is. There's some, there's so much dumb lore stuff in this movie that I can't believe it got made sometimes. Yeah. Um, like, I can't believe the studio let them get away with, like, weird tattoo 50 switchboard ladies. Yeah. And, like, guns equals wine scenes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, watching it, I was like, this is delightful. Um, and I think part of it is the movie knows it's dumb. Mm-hmm. The movie is not ironic about the dumbness. Yes. But it's, and it's also not too tongue in cheek about it either. No, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's yeah. like, it, it, I don't know what it is about it, but there's something about the tone of the dumbness that makes it. Sincere. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I don't feel like John Wick, um, he doesn't like treat it like a joke. Yeah. You know? And you care about him, so you don't treat it like a joke completely. Yeah, either. he knows how to operate within the circle, yeah. so you just kind of have to go with it whenever he is operating in those circumstances. Right. And, and not to go and make this like too inside baseball-y, but when like we made when we made our movies, for example, like we made the main characters, I mean the ridiculous stuff happened around the main characters, but the main characters always kind of took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like the protagonist always took it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of key to inviting you into both being able to like step back as an audience member, but then empathize with the main character and be him and accepting the reality of the ridiculousness. Yeah, I agree. Also, John Wick, uh, colon, The Impossible Task on PS4. Oh, man. Yes. Can we tie this into the video game uh, episode <laughs> that we did the other week? Yeah. But yeah, like, I would love to see a video game about this. Also, I feel like this show leaned a lot this movie leaned a lot into like video game perspectives oh yeah um which i thought was really interesting because sometimes you know there's something about video game perspectives that are good at conveying a lot of information and that's what these scenes do you know that's the reason why you don't have to have these shaky edit cam nonsense uh you know where people are in relation to each other just the way you did in the video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i agree um let's get the freaking arkham team working on it they're done with yeah. those games yep yeah it can't just be like a straight-up shooting game either it has to be a mixture of CQC, so yeah. Arkham's the best bet right there. Yep. Word. Let's do it, guys. Let's, let's someone, make someone, a video game. Yeah. Let's, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's this thing? It's a computer. Step one. <laughs> they did that VR thing, but I watched like the gameplay from it, and it looked stupid. Yeah. They did, like, it was like a John, your John Wick VR thing, oh, okay. but it looked dumb. Yeah. Oh, two more things uh, before we leave. One... One of the best John Wick character moments uh, when the dude was like, I can see that you're thinking about killing me. How would you do it? And he's just like, my hands. <laughs> um, so good. <laughs> to this much bummed that the guy who runs the front desk at the Continental didn't name the dog. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. I thought the dog needs to get in the name by the third one. Yeah. I think so, too. I thought he called it a name when he first got home. Yeah, he said, he, like, come here, boy. Yeah, he said, come I thought he said Woody or something like mm-hmm. that, so. Uh, yeah, I thought for sure when he took the dog in, I was like, 
Oh man, he's totally going to be like, Mr. Wick, I took the liberty of naming the dog for you. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I thought you were going to say you were disappointed that he didn't go and join him. That too. Adventures. I wanted to see. I thought for sure they were going to flip the killing the dog and just have the dog kill people in this. And uh, I was like pretty down with that. Yeah, that kind of needs to happen. I feel uh-huh. Like. Oh, yeah. it's definitely happening in the third one. And Lance Riddick needs to join him. I'm telling you. He needs to just come with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think John Leguizamo is going to help him out. Oh, yeah. Because they like... They're bros. They're bros. And I feel like just putting... He's the character I want the most of. Like, the, mm. he's the character I want the most of based on how little he's in both of those movies because mm. he's great in those movies. And I really, I like, when he got the text at the end of the movie, I thought he did a really good job conveying, like, but he's my friend. You yeah. know? Like, above all, he's my friend. Like, rules be damned. Yeah. Uh, which I think is the subtitle for John Wick Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I think I think he's gonna team up with Aurelio as like the logistics guy mm. and then Common as like the buddy cop thing and then yeah. the dog is just like this dog's gonna kill some people now. Uh, yeah. I think that's the only way you can kinda like take the third one, which is that maybe he realizes he's not completely alone still. Yeah, yeah. Like while being alone. I, I I don't know how they're gonna end it, but you need some sort of like team or family aspect, I feel like yeah. to, to cap this off. Yeah, it almost needs to be you know, if the first one was borderline even though this one has more like elements of the samurai thing, but the first right. one was more like a Ronin. Right. The second one was more like James Bond. I think the third one needs to be more mission impossible almost. Mm-hmm. Um because I think Oh, man, Chad Chadaleski for a Mission Impossible movie. Sorry, I got distracted <laughs> by my own fan casting. Um, but I think I think taking it into that, you know, that idea of, like, a team of people in the third one has to, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Because, like, man, man wasn't made to be alone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he. I think he, Wick has to come to the realization that not only can he not be alone, mm-hmm. but he is not alone. Yes. Even in, when he's at his most alone. Exactly. That, to me, is the ultimate culmination. Even if he realizes that when he's dying in the third one. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Dark Knight Rises sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts with John Wick Chapter 2? I can't remember the last time we covered a movie this thoroughly. <laughs> Oof, man, we went through every single act of that movie. Yep. And it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's so sweet. Go see it twice. Uh, make Three times, this, even. Make this movie make all the money. I'm like, I don't want to have to be kickstarting John Wick Chapter 3. But uh, I'll do it. But I, I'll do it. Oh, as soon as credits started rolling, I was like, all right, John Wick Chapter 3, what do we need to do? Do I need to start a Kickstarter? Do I need to go volunteer as a production assistant for a day for free? Like, I'll do it for scale. I'll do it for free. Let me know how I can make John Wick Chapter 3 happen in production this weekend. I will groom uh, Count Ray's beard. That's, that's what I'm willing to do. Yep. I'll just pick up what's left. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Just hang out with the dog. Oh, just hang out with the dog in between scenes. (laughs) Come up with a name for him. (laughs) Yep. Uh, It's it's real good, you guys. It's real, real Mm. good. Uh, Go see it. And uh, you can find my written review of the movie over at wordofthenerd.com. You can also find my written review of Justice League. 
And I published another post this week, oh, about the start of Avengers uh, production video thing that happened, um, which was cool. And yeah, you can find my writing there uh, at least once a week. And I like writing for them, and you should like reading them. They put out good stuff. It's a little more thoughtful, so we're not as caught up to the news cycle um but i like that and i think it's it's i think it's it's pieces for the the more the people who approach this stuff more thoughtfully and that's not a bad thing um so yeah word of the nerd.com uh, you can follow me on twitter at mjsmith891 uh youtube at uh, is the name changed on youtube yet yep real perspective okay youtube go search real perspective um very soon not much will be changing on this podcast, but it will say the before and after show, a real perspective podcast. That's all. <laughs> um, that's the only change happening here. Um, yeah, so you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Beyond Pod. If you're an Android user, if you're listening to this, you already know that because you are listening to it on one of those four platforms. It's the only way to get it. Um, and... Yeah, uh, I think there's a game space going up this week on YouTube. Uh, we have a video coming out next week. Next week uh, is an in-between show uh, so that we can make our schedule line up with Logan. I will be joined by uh, Josh Tarpley. I believe, I believe I will be joined by Josh Tarpley and Joshua Williams, who are my co-film uh, reviewers at wordofthenerd.com to talk about the, uh, Oscar no the Oscar nominations because they will be next weekend so that's what we're talking about next week um and then we'll be back after that to talk logan because of course we will like how are we not going to cover that movie mm -hmm. and hopefully that will deliver on uh the theme of super dope action movies of 2017 mm -hmm. i'm pretty optimistic after john wick chapter two mm -hmm. uh 2017 is shaping up to be quite a bit better than 2016 so far yep but like it's, a lot it's a party one yep uh yeah thank you guys for listening uh we love you thank you mike for taking time out of your busy schedule to show show up for these uh these podcasts it was worth it yep uh do not at us about any of the stupid uh omissions from our action set pieces <laughs> we know uh we're aware and uh, yes uh but <laughs> until next time uh go watch john wick the franchise now because that's <laughs> Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>